Welcome to the RAF Mildenhall Protestant Parish Podcast. As you prepare your heart to receive today's word, we pray that you are encouraged, inspired, and uplifted. Church, if you don't mind, with every eye closed, and if not, if you're comfortable, but we're going to do a little stretch today. If you don't mind, I ask that you stretch your hands towards heaven. And all it is is an act of surrender that sometimes we have to stretch our faith. Sometimes we have to stretch our trust. Sometimes we have to trust in him. And church, even as you stretch your hands towards God, I'm reminded of the scripture It says we know where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord, the one who created heaven and earth. And Father, we thank you as we stretch our hands towards you, Lord God. We're just reminded of your truth. Strengthen us, Father, as we seek to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. praise and worship team. Y'all are such a blessing in your obedience. Amen. Can we give God praise for them? Good morning, church. I am, I'm Chaplain Gibson. I'm not, I know this is PCS season. I'm the Sal Chaplain, and it is with, uh, on behalf of Team Mildenhall, we bless you. We thank you for coming out on this Sunday on behalf of Chaplain Kim, Chaplain Bailey, Chaplain Brantley, and also Chaplain Ray. We just bless God for each and every single one of you all. You all could be anywhere, and y'all decided to come here at Mildenhall Chapel and worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ with us. Church, we have been, as a church, collectively in a series called The great I am, excuse me, I am statements of Christ. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And today we'll be talking about when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And our scripture verse for today comes from John chapter 10, verses 11 through 14. John chapter 10, verses 11 through 14, if you... Pull it up either on your Bible or your smartphone, but we also have it up there on your screens for you to read. And the scripture reads, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. And I love this part. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Jesus launches into this particular figure of speech because the religious leaders of Israel were known as the shepherds of Israel. And Jesus is distinguishing himself that, yeah, you have a lot of good shepherds or good, you have a lot of people that are shepherds, but I am the good shepherd. He's talking about his deity and who he is. And Jesus is revealing himself as the true shepherd of 
the sheep. Therefore, in using the phrase the good shepherd, Jesus is referencing his inherent goodness, his righteousness, his beauty. As a shepherd of a sheep, he is the one who protects, he guides, and he nurtures his flock. Shepherds were absolutely responsible for the sheep. And if you think here in the UK, a lot of times you're driving from here to Lake and Heath and you see the sheep out there. And I mean, they're just grazing around, just chilling. They don't have any worries at all. But, you know, if you were in the in the States, say uh, I was a, a chaplain in, in Georgia for a while, you couldn't do that. You have coyotes out there. You have all kinds of different things that they have predators for the sheep. And one time I was visiting this one family and they had sheep and uh, there was a donkey out there. And I was like, what in the world is a donkey doing out here with the sheep? And that's when I learned that, you know what, donkeys can bite, donkeys can kick. And he was like, yeah, I've absolutely seen a donkey get upset and um, kick a coyote and kill it. I was like, I did not know that about donkeys whatsoever. But these are the kind of things that, 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 that shepherds, that people use in order to protect sheep. Because sheep, they are absolutely defenseless. I mean, they have nothing that they can do. The only protection they have is to come together. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, coming together. Shepherds were absolutely responsible for the sheep. Even though the shepherd did not own the sheep, it was expected that they had that type of ownership for the sheep, that they would lay down their lives for the sheep. It was serious business. This was a man's man job. And it's one of humility because it didn't take a lot of talent. But you were known that, you know what, I'm responsible for the sheep day and night. It doesn't matter whether I'm tired, doesn't matter whether I'm sleepy. I have the ultimate responsibility to protect these sheep. Whether it's hot, whether it's cold, it does not matter. I'm there to protect the sheep. Amos understood this. In Amos 3 and 12, the prophet speaks about the shepherd rescuing the sheep. And only the thing that he had was two legs and an ear. See, you might think about that at first and like, man, what's, what's, what, what's the point? He didn't save the sheep's life, but they had so much responsibility that even if the sheep was in danger, even if something was killing the sheep, that I have enough responsibility that I'm going to go into that danger and make sure that I take care of the sheep. And I come back and I have the identity. You know what? Here's the legs. Here's the ears. And even though it sounds disgusting, it lets us know that he was willing to go up against danger in order to protect the sheep. It doesn't matter where the sheep wandered to. The shepherd was going to go out and seek that sheep that was in danger. A good shepherd puts his life on the line for the sheep. Every single one of them. Even David, we understood there was wolves. There was, there was, there was as the Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, David fought off the lion and the bear in order to protect the sheep. Jesus loves his sheep. He knows them more than knowing their name. He more them know he was at an intimate relationship with them. He knows them ultimately as their shepherd. Verse 12 says the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. When the wolf attacks the flock, he scatters it. Church, every so often, you're going to encounter some wolves in your life. Those things that come to intimidate you. Those things that come forth to bring fear into your life. Fear in relationships. Fear in your marriage. Fear at your job. 
Have you ever felt vulnerable, ill-suited for the fight that you are up against? feels like everything is up against you and you don't feel equipped to withstand the adversity that comes in your life, whether it's outwardly or whether it's inwardly. You assess your own strength and you don't feel competent to survive in the atmosphere that the Lord has placed you in. How could God be good and there's a world full of wars? How can God be loving and put me in an office full of wars? How can God be kind and affectionate and love me and he's put me in a community and a flight and a marriage or a relationship and it feel like it's full of wars? Doesn't he know that I don't have the strength and the apparatus that I need to fight against the opposition at hand? Doesn't he understand the vulnerability of my nature, the weakness of my flesh, the cravings, the lust that we may have? Doesn't he know that your mind and my mind, maybe we don't have the strength and the tenacious will to withstand that kind of battle that we have to fight on a daily basis? Does God, does God not know that sometimes we can find ourselves so worried that we can't even sleep at night? Does God know that we toss and turn because sometimes we can see things. We can see the wolf off. We can see where things are beginning to scatter. We can see where things that separate us and we're saying, God, what is going on? And I'm reminded that God says, I'm reminded how God continues to speak into our hearts that the battle is not mine personally, but the battle is the Lord's. I'm reminded that sometimes we have to remind ourselves in the Lord that even though a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it won't come near me. It's that humility that we find ourselves that we see the wolf, we see the things that come, and sometimes we get ourselves into trouble because we see it and we like, God, I got this. God, I can handle this. Instead of, you know what? God has this. And we step out into our, our own strength and our own things. And then when the wolf begins to devour us, we're like, God, how did this happen? God, how am I so stressed out in life? But if we look back, maybe it's something that we stepped outside of. Instead of waiting on God, waiting on his wisdom, waiting on his will, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. God, I got this part. Sometimes we can find ourselves looking at things in the world. It's easy to look at Facebook, different news, all these different apparatuses, and we can see the wolf coming. And instead of being steadfast in God, we find ourselves worried by the things and the distractions of this world. Instead of standing on the word of God. And it's a trick of the enemy. The enemy wants to scatter us in order to destroy us. That's what the scripture says. So when the wolf comes, excuse me, the, the Bible says, so when the wolf comes, the, hire, the hired person abandons the sheep and runs away because when the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it, all the enemy wants to do is scatter us. All the enemy wants to do in your relationships is get you to scatter because the Bible says a house divided against itself, what? Shall not stand. It cannot stand. If I can get us as a church to be divided about little minuscule things, that's all the enemy wants to do. It don't have to be big things, just the small things. The Bible says a little leaven leavens the lump. In a relationship, if I can just get them to continue to argue about the little things, 
doesn't need much. Get them to scatter. That's all the wolf does. If you see that in relationships, it's the, the little things. The Bible in Psalms 133, it says, one through three, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like precious oil upon the head running down to the beard. The beard of Aaron, it says, running down to the edges of his garments like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion for there in unity, there in being together. The Bible says the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. There is a blessing in being together. That's where the blessing is. In being together, when we come together, because the Bible says that a house divided cannot stand. We know as sheep is, and the thing about sheep is they can scatter, they go all over the place. The wolf can come and fear can absolutely, the, I, was, I was researching this and I couldn't believe it. They says that, you know, of course a sheep can be attacked by predators, but also a sheep can be so scared that it can be so fearful that it can absolutely have a heart attack and just die right there. And I could not believe that. And I began to thinking about how fear grips us. Instead of, and just, instead of just going back into the, the, to the herd, that's where the protection is at. Fear can absolutely cause us to stop in our places. Instead of, I can go here and I know that I can protect it. I know that I have someone that I can pray for me. I have someone that I can fellowship with. There's so many different resources in the church. I know that if I can just get together in the household of faith, I will be okay. But the enemy wants to scatter us and separate us. If you look at people, you've seen the, the amount of suicides that we have. People feel isolated. I remember that is the one thing I remember as a chaplain when I was a hospital chaplain, civilian chaplain a long time ago. And I think I've told this story before, but there was this guy who came in and he was talking and, and um, I didn't know too much about being a chaplain at that time, but I had an older chaplain and he was with me. And I was like, man, I wonder how he's going to be able to handle this one. And he's talking to this guy and he's depressed and he was just all over the place. And he says, why do you want to kill yourself? Why do you want to end your life? It was like nobody cares. I feel so alone. And he said, I care. And I mean, I saw this guy's nature, everything, his whole countenance entirely change. It was one person that was a complete stranger told him, I care about you. I will miss you. And that changed this, this guy's whole life. He just wanted to know that one person cared. One person. But how much more does our Heavenly Father care for each and every single one of us? The Bible says that, hey, names are great, but he knows the number of hairs on our head. You don't, as, as much as I wish I knew everybody's name, I don't. I'm not good with names at all. But Jesus is so acquainted with us. Not only does he know our names, he knows the number of hairs on our head. That's how much he cares for us. Sometimes we try to put God in a box of, hey, God, you know what? Maybe you're like me. Maybe you forget names. No, God doesn't forget names whatsoever. He knows you and he loves you. And I love that about the good shepherd, the good shepherd that cares for you. 
Verse 14, it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. It is about that personal relationship with you and that personal relationship with me because he cares for you. One of the most outstanding characteristics of Jesus is his love and his compassion. Jesus, the good shepherd, is concerned and interested for people. People matter to him. You remember the disciples? They rushed out to Jesus. Don't you care about us if we drown? Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and calmed the waves. Jesus cared for those disciples. He did not want to see them drown. He did not want them to suffer. He cares. He was stretching their faith, but he cares about them. And Jesus knows you. The eastern shepherds raised sheep for wool rather than for food. The sheep were usually with the shepherd for years and were often known by descriptive names such as brown leg or, or, or black ear. The shepherds knew each sheep, every single one of them. Sheep know the shepherd's voice, and the shepherd knows the uniqueness of each sheep. Those that have kids, you know that it doesn't matter how many kids you have. Every single one of them is different, right? Every single one of those kids is absolutely different. I know this guy who was a chaplain years ago. And he had this little unique sound that he would make when he would call his, his kids. It was a sound of a bird. It was, I mean, he sounded just like a bird. And I was like, man, that's crazy. But he said it doesn't matter where he was, whether the kids were in the mall, whether they were at church, whether they were at school, he would make that noise and absolutely, boom, he would get their attention. And just like every single one of y'all, God speaks to each and every one of us differently. And I say differently because he might nudge me in a, in, a, in a different way. My wife, she loves the Lord too. But I mean, God speaks to her in a completely different way than he does with me. He knows you. He knows that intimate, and you have that intimate relationship with him. Amen. Amen. It is the good shepherd who knows each of his sheep. There's an Indian theologian, D.T. Niles, he once noticed a young Indian shepherd boy keeping a huge flock of sheep. He stopped and asked him, how many sheep do you have? And the boy answered back, I don't know. I can't count. And Niles asked him again, how do you know if some of your sheep haven't wandered off when you get to the place where you're going to camp at night? To his astonishment, the boy answered, I don't know how many wander off, but I know each one. I can't count, but each sheep has a name, and I know their names. Church, so many times we get caught up in numbers. Young people get caught up in the number of followers, how many people are on YouTube, how much, especially back in the States, how many, the number of the square footage that you have in your house. But do you know names? God knows our names. I remember there was this one commander. He was an impressive leader, and I'm sure CSS um, staff didn't like this, but he had pictures of every single person in his unit, and he would also have the names of their family members, and he would have them keep up with that. And it was amazed that sometimes he would be out and about, and it would be this senior airman or a staff sergeant or airman, whoever it was, he would see their last name, and then he'd call them by their first name and ask them about their family. And it was impressive. He did all of that because he cared. He didn't just see people as a, as a number within the formation. He knew their names. 
And that's how God does with us. He knows our names because he cares so much about us as the good shepherd. And it's great to know God as the good shepherd, but more importantly, like David, you have to know him as your personal shepherd. Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verses 1 through 6, excuse me, talks about all those blessings that are attached to that personal relationship and knowledge of who the shepherd is. He knew that when he faced the giants, the lions, the bears, all those things that came, that came against him, he wasn't distracted because he knew who he was because of that personal relationship with the Lord. My personal relationship, because of his truest shepherd was, he knew, I shall not want. Not anything that he did, because the Lord is my shepherd. He knew that it's the Lord that makes him lie down in green pastures. All he has to do is follow him. He knew that it wasn't his job to find green paths. The Lord was going to take him there. He knew that the Lord was the one that's going to restore his soul. It's good to have tools and techniques and all those great things, but he knows the Lord that restores him. He doesn't know how, just little by little. One day you can be suffering through grief. One one day you can be suffering through hardship, and then all of a sudden, thank you for the restoration, God. It's the Lord that does it. Sometimes you find yourselves when you can't relax. You have to remember Psalms 23 is even though you may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Why? Because the Lord is with you. There's going to be distractions. There's going to be wolves. There's going to be things that come up against you. But when you're reminded that the Lord is my shepherd, he's got this. I ain't got it personally. And of myself, I know I can't handle it. But the Lord has it. And we find that we put our trust in God as our good shepherd, our personal shepherd. Then we can trust in his promises. As I get ready to close church, we talked about the Lord being the good shepherd. We talked about how he knows the sheep. And when the wolf comes and leaves and the wolf comes, he comes to snatch and scatter. He comes as a distraction. He comes so that we can find ourselves isolated, not only in our personal walk with God, but also in personal relationships, also as a church. He comes to know that if we can get us isolated, then that's where he tries to come, as the Bible says, to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he does. Scatter to destroy. But I'm reminded the Bible says he came so we can have life, and life more abundantly, our good shepherd, the one who knows us intimately and is equated with us. Let us pray. Father, we bless you, we glorify you, we magnify you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you continue to be our good shepherd. Open up our hearts and minds on a daily basis, Lord God, to see you as our shepherd that we walk with you, Lord God. We don't walk in fear, Lord, that we walk in your promises, Father. And Father, I pray that you continue just to bless us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.
We pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share. Thank you for stopping by our station. And until next time, may the peace of God be with you.